Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This week on the Happy Half Hour. They've got an opportunity this week again. Detroit is, I keep having to check myself because things that don't make any sense are actually true now. Like the Detroit Lions are really good. Yes. But you know, Steve doesn't want players talking about playoffs, but if you beat the Lions, you're effectively going to Tampa next week to play for the division title. Touchdown, Carolina! It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni, Augusta Stone, and Darren Gant. That's right. It's that time of the week. It's the Happy Half Hour podcast with your friends, Darren, Augusta, and Kristen. We are recording this on Wednesday morning, which is actually Thursday morning because Sunday is Saturday, and that has thrown me uh, for a loop completely. And it's the shortest day of the year, and it's freezing. So how are we all doing? I didn't even realize it was the shortest day of the year. Yeah. I know Darren, bless his heart, is struggling with the with the days of the week. We've we had a good few conversations about it yesterday. Darren, you got to bless <laughs> your heart already. When, yeah, oh, no. and I need it. It's, it's you very, need your heart to be blessed. It is very needed. It, it, when football coaches start saying, start talking about the schedule, and they say, "All right, Wednesday's a Thursday, uh, and then Tuesday's going to be a Monday," and what 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 day is it actually now? They were. You know, I published a story yesterday with a transaction saying Andre Roberts was activated Wednesday, and Augusta's like, there it is, Tuesday. <laughs> we got it fixed okay, quickly. Okay, we got that fixed. Real quick. Real quick. <laughs> I know it's, uh, it's in the future, there. you know? Yeah. In it's the ti- future. Panthers.com. It's not just an app and a source of all your news for your favorite football team. It's a time machine. <laughs> I, I completely agree. This has thrown me off uh, more so than the Thursday game because it's just one day is off, right? Everything on a short week is truncated, but this everything is just one day. But then some of your meetings that are normally on a certain day are still on those days. So I've just I've had to write everything down this week. Um, but I did ask Steve Wilkes as far as the short week. I was like, does that it's one day shorter, right? Everyone's play, we're playing on Saturday. I was like, does that affect recovery time? And he was like, not really. Like, it seems like the football side is dealing with this a little bit better than the digital right. side, yeah. right? And and thankfully so, because they've got the jobs that everybody's concerned about because it is it is just a, a thing in terms of, I think with this roster, I, I remember which trip was it? One of the road trips we came back from, and Wilkes had, uh, had the guys go straight back into the stadium. To begin the process, that was that the was game before week. Thursday. Yeah, yes. that was the short week. The before Sunday Thursday. before the Thursday. Cincinnati. Game. And so the recovery time's a huge deal for these guys. And and if they are one short, that 
is something they can make up by being intentional with other things. But, yeah, it just throws us for a loop, especially with, you know, major religious holidays coming up the end of the week that I'm not nearly prepared for. Me neither. <laughs> Same. Isn't that all of us again in the in the digital offices? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's let's go back to. I mean, this started out so fun and and uh, warm. Let's let's go back to the game that was that was less so, the Steelers game. Let's just kind of have a little post mortem on it, if we can. Uh, Darren Augusta, what were your biggest takeaways from that game? Basically, what happened was two things happened. Number one, the Steelers did to the Panthers what the Panthers been doing to other people. Exactly. And number two, you got Mike Tomlin by Mike Tomlin. <laughs> and he's great at this job, and he had his guys ready. They're kind of messy right now. The Steelers aren't classic Steelers teams that are played in the way we're used to seeing them play. But this guy's been coaching for 16 years. Uh, this is this. If he can't steer him out of the skid and win out, will be his first losing season in 16 years. Mm-hmm. So you kind of know what you were getting. And they just sort of walked in and punched him in the mouth. And all these guys around here were a little bit shocked. I mean, Bradley Bozeman Sunday night was on the verge of tears because they're just so unaccustomed to that happening to them. They're the ones used to punching people in the mouth lately. And to have it done to them, I mean, I went back and looked at some of the tape with some of the guys downstairs the other day. And when you see it on film – a lot of it's just getting physically whipped. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's just getting beat to a spot, having your head in the wrong place, and an offensive line that had become the identity of a team was suddenly a liability. And when that happens, that like shakes the foundation of everything the team's trying to do in that moment. And then the Steelers come out of halftime and take the ball and basically spend the entire third quarter with the ball. Mm-hmm. And that was about that. Yeah, close to a 12-minute drive in the third quarter there. It's hard to win when yeah. the other team has the ball for an entire quarter. Augusta, what were some of your biggest takeaways from this game? Uh, kind of like Darren said, I think it was just deflating, especially at certain mm-hmm. points, um, like where Darren left off. But that that drive, I talked with a lot of the defense about it. And and they had a very like somber tone, I think, especially with how things had been trending so upwards since Cincinnati. It was one of those things where, I mean, things were just they were going well, and then that drive, I mean, third down after third down after third down, I think they converted five third downs on that one drive and ended up in getting a touchdown, even though there was the penalty. And I was just looking back, and I was like, I mean, it says they went like 91, 92 yards, but they actually went more because they were penalized. Mm. It was just, it was, it was that, that was, they talk a lot on the other side of the ball about demoralizing, and I felt like, I mean, it, it's perfectly put that it was what the Panthers had been doing to other teams. It was almost like that's what happened to the Panthers at home. But what's crazy about it is that even though that game, you know, was deflating and in that locker room afterward, it felt really bad. About two hours later, Panthers still controlled their own destiny. We wrote yeah. about it on Panthers.com. Yes. Um, Bucks lost to the Bengals. And and it was one of those things where it was like, well, actually, I mean, not to throw it throw it out, but you can move forward. You know, you can move <laughs> forward, win it all, and it's you're in the same place. It's it's right. fascinating. I was, just, fascinating. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I started laughing. So when I got home for talking about, you know, um, the Bucks Bengals game, when I got home from our game, of course, you know, knowing that that game was on and that it did have a, a huge part um, in um, in how good or bad that day was going to end. Right. Um, so I, I got home and um, 
I asked my husband, I said, Ed, we got to, you know, turn on this game. Is it on TV? And he said, yeah, it's on, but the Bucks are up 17 to nothing. And I went, oh no, you know, that's, oh, this is not going to be good. And then slowly as we watched, the tide really, really turned. So, you know, it was a, it was a weird week in the NFL all around. But as right. you said, Panthers are still in charge of their own destiny. Yeah. And the amazing thing about this trashy little neighborhood that we live in called the NFC South. I was wondering what um, you were, were going to say exactly. after that. <laughs> it's somebody's going to win this yeah. division. It's possible that somebody could win this division at 6-11, and 11, Yeah. Uh, oddly enough. But, it, you know... The reason immediately after that game, I mean, that game last Sunday, I don't want to say it felt like a funeral. That's extreme, but it was super deflating for those guys because they had built a little momentum. The Seattle game was a big turning point. You had finally gone on the road, beaten a playoff-level team, beaten a good team, period. And it's what they needed. And then to come back with that, it's like it took some of that away. Now, they've got an opportunity this week. Again, Detroit is – I keep having to check myself because things that don't make any sense are actually true now. Like, the Detroit Lions are really good. Yes. Uh, They're one of the hottest teams in the NFL, won five of the last six. Jared Goff suddenly can't turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're playing really well. They've got – um, they've got one of those bright young minds and Ben Johnson calling plays for him, and, and that's the kind of people everybody seemed to want this time of year. But it's going to be fascinating to see if they can, if they can get a win, and I almost use the phrase steal a win against the Lions, which, again, sounds insane because it's the Lions we're mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah, that game looks different on the schedule when the schedule comes out, or sure. even in the preseason. You go, oh, okay, right, you know, right. and then to there right. could be one of the the toughest games in this last stretch. But you know, Steve doesn't want players talking about playoffs. But if you beat the Lions, you're effectively going to Tampa next week to play for the division title, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. You know, at least thematically, if not mathematically, and. It's it's just alarming to think about with all the twists and turns of this season. So, I mean, I'm kind of curious to go out to practice today, Wednesday. Hey, I got a ride. Yes. <laughs> um, I could not have. I've already forgotten it's Wednesday. And they're going to be in full pads for the mm-hmm. last time this season. And that's going to be – I want to watch this practice because that's where you'll kind of get a sense of where they're at. I mean, I've seen enough of these things where – teams kind of you hate to say it but check out a little bit and it's not the same intensity but we talked the other week prior to the Seattle game I was like that practice in the bubble that day that was different you told us that on this podcast you can just tell and so I'm kind of curious to see what it looks like when you go out there today I imagine they're going to be as ramped up as as they can be this time of year but it's um yeah it's obviously a huge game for a lot of people for a lot of reasons and I, I do think that's interesting. I want to go back to that because I asked Wilkes about putting on the pads, you know, and, and Augusta, you wrote a great article on Panthers.com about the logistics of all of it. And they only have, Darren, as you said, one more padded practice. Um, so I, I talked to him. I said, well, OK, when you have a game where you don't do the things that you are known for that have become your identity, how do you get back to that? in a week that's short by one day. And that was one of the first things he said was was putting on the pads for the last time. So, Augusta, 
what what is he trying to do to get these guys back to what they know they can be? I found it interesting because he was he was explaining himself in that press conference. Like I don't know if that was it was the first week since he had gotten here that they had not been in full pads at one point. He was like, I don't want to say that was why. You know, we were. This was last week. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. Coming off of a so, long Seattle yeah, trip. Yeah, exactly. It was like between Seattle and Pittsburgh. That was the first one. And and he was like in his press conference on Monday, I didn't want it to be like, I don't think that's why necessarily, but I think it's going back to basics. That's one thing he's talked about a yep. lot that I find really interesting. It's like fundamentals, not doing the most, but doing the little things and everything kind of like back to square one and perfecting that. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if we go back to basics, go back to what, like, since since Wilkes had gotten here, what the Panthers had done. And I also find it interesting, and I want to ask about this, but putting the pads on Wednesday, if we're talking about the days of the week thing, Wednesday's a Thursday, he had moved it from Thursday um, under rule to Wednesday here, which Tuesday would have been the Wednesday. So, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's in the day of the week the same, but it is different in game prep because yeah. if we had been doing it the way that we had been here, it would have been Tuesday versus wait, it's a Saturday game. Wait a minute. Right? Is there a Thursday night football game tonight? I mean, no. I don't, okay. Wait, is there? It's Wednesday. <laughs> we are at the point where oh we are so loopy and confused. <laughs> yeah. If anyone can follow us in if, our... But, if yeah. there's... Yeah. If, if Thursday night football happened on a Wednesday because it's a short week for everybody because of Christmas, that would have thrown that would have just caused the head to just launch right off my shoulder. We wouldn't be capable of it. Nope. Matt would have to end the podcast right now if that was the case. <laughs> Boom. But yeah, I think that's interesting. And I, I haven't had the opportunity to ask about that because it just clicked, but this is later in the week than they've had full pads mm-hmm. practice since Wilkes has been here. He moved it up. So I wonder if that is really just a get it in their head, physical game, not as many days to turn around, go back out there kind mm. of thing. You yeah. know, a good it just point. hit me. So that is the, that is uh, some of the things that they are trying to get right mm-hmm. on, a, on a short week. Now, something else that is also going to be uh, a challenge, not just the fact that the Lions are on a hot streak and they are playing – great football right now um it's also going to be potentially the coldest game in panthers history and augusta i'm looking over at your computer and you have a weather chart i mean it's like got bands of wind um and i'll tell you what it doesn't look good for me out there (laughs) from that chart what have you you said you've become an expert on this game so if you're coming to the game um what can you expect from our weather person so cold so cold. So um, I'm looking at this from Weather this Brad. This chart is so it's intense. Horrible. So <laughs> first you of can't all, see it, but it's <laughs> the teens are in red, not blue or purple, but red, which looks so much more intimidating than if it were blue. So the whole Carolinas is just red. This is the wind chills expected at 1 p.m. Saturday. Okay. 17 degrees around our little area in Charlotte. So I mean, if it's not cold enough, just cold the wind chill is going to be ridiculous but it is on pace to be the coldest home game in the history which would be above the eighth coldest ever no matter where the panthers have gone Hmm. according to the long list of the coldest games everywhere which i also have pulled up here because weather expert yeah so here's all of them the other the coldest game at the at the bank of america stadium in the in the history eighth it was 30 at kickoff they're expecting it to be colder than that. Right. So and it's listen, going to be so my, cool. My friends who cover the Packers, sure. they kind of point and laugh when yes. I start talking about cold weather. Uh, and everything is relative. I mean, in, Yes, there are a lot of field yates at this great post uh, earlier this week that showed some of the temperatures that are going to be on Saturday kickoffs across the country. And most of them are colder than 
than sure. the Panthers. But for you know the southern uh, people here, it's it's cold. We don't spend well, time up there, right? We, we chose to live here. <laughs> yes, people. I'll tell you this what. Was... I lived for two years in Chicago and three years in Connecticut, and um, I'm glad that the, the coldest game is going to be in the you know 20s right. or 30s. <laughs> oh. And I mean, listen, I, I looking at that chart, I, I was at the NFC Championship game in Green Bay in ninety six when it was three and I don't Just ever three. Wa- I don't ever <laughs> want to experience three again in my life. That's not enough degrees. It should be many more <laughs> than three anytime I'm outdoors ever. But uh yeah, I mean it, it is it is a factor and I, I do think <laughs> Not everything has to be about football, but when you think about the way this game sets up, I mean, the Lions are a throw-it-around team. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff is a guy who's – he's not Kenny Pickett, but he's got, his hands are on the smallest side, So, and he traditionally has not played well in cold weather. Now, does he? I, I don't know. This is a whole different situation than when he was playing in L.A. before um, – you know, the Lions play their games in a comfortable 70 degrees inside mm-hmm. of Ford Field. I don't know if it's going to become an issue, but if you think about it from a football perspective, because of the way the Lions operate offense versus what the Carolina Panthers want to do, which is turn around and hand it to Deontay Foreman 35 times, you would think if the weather is an advantage to anyone, it would be an advantage to the home team. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to say the Lions aren't as used to playing in cold weather <laughs> it, as the Carolina the, Panthers, but this may be true in this. It case. is the truth, but don't you also just feel like from what we know about Dan Campbell, he's got them out there with like ice packs strapped to their, you know, the pads today or something, just <laughs> trying to get them ready for yeah. the cold weather. Like there's something. I can't wait to find out if he did something crazy, but you're right. And Dan oh. Campbell's probably out there in shorts like Ben McAdoo. Yeah. Football guy. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Oh, 100%. And like a tank top, right? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I asked Steve Wilkes, I said, is is the weather a factor or is it not a factor? And he said, no, it's not, you know, which is what you got to say, right? It's it. It's it. It's yes. It. It's it's, it. That's exactly it. what he said. And Augusta, if, if if you've been listening to this <laughs> this podcast every week, Augusta has always said that about, you know, Wilkes will say, here are the it's, and we can't focus on that. And that's what he said. It's the it this week is uh, is the weather, and we can't let that distract us. He'll bring up it's all the time. I did want to have a shout to, to when I was at practice yesterday, um, a bunch of heaters were out. Players were going, putting their gloves under them, putting their helmets under them. But I had a chance to speak with Chuba Hubbard, who is from uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kenny, our photographer, and I were just you know having some, some quick small chat um, in between drills about uh, – how cold it was. And he goes, y'all look up what it is at home for me right now. So I looked it up. It was negative 21 degrees. No. Windchill's negative 40. They're not getting out of the negatives until Friday at Chuba's hometown. So I know of anybody on the roster who isn't going to care um, if that's what he grew up in. I think it's northern Canada. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Because I don't think I've ever even experienced sub-zero. Negative 21. I was shocked. I uh, I no. can't imagine. <laughs> no, so, yeah. I cannot <laughs> no. imagine. Yep, that was an interesting part of my day. <laughs> All right. Well, before we say goodbye, I I want to do a little something. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot. What are the definitive big three holiday rankings for you? So I just want to end on this, and I would love to have anybody tweet these in: Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween. Where do they rank for you? This is easy for me. Oh, it's easy. It's easy. For, uh, Darren's. Darren's taking a stretch. Yeah. He's taking his glasses off. 
So Augusta, if it's easy for you, where are you going? I like Thanksgiving the most. Less pressure. Love the food. Mm. Halloween's fun and cute. I've never been a Christmas gal. Controversial, okay. I know. But yeah, right. so it, that was easy. Yeah, Chris, Christmas is, I, I hate, you hate to say the birth of Jesus Christ is second to anything, but um, <laughs> but. but here we are. I, I have always, and I think it's partially because of the job I'm in, and, and Christmas always falls at this end of football season, and it, it always feels like you don't get to spend as much time doing the stuff you really want to do because mm-hmm. you spend all the time doing the stuff that you got to do. And it's so Christmas has always been kind of tough from that standpoint. I love Thanksgiving. I'm a sucker for it. I am not into Halloween at all. Mm. Halloween can just kind of I, I think once you're once you're past the age of like six or seven, you know, small children, I'll give you eight, nine, ten, maybe whatever. But <laughs> until, you know, once you're past the small child trick or treating phase, I think Halloween can just go away. I'm not, I'm not into the whole inflatable yard decorations. So and did stuff you? Like that. So did you? But where did you go? Think Christmas and Thanksgiving. What did the ultimate? List? I think I'm going Thanksgiving one. Okay. I think I'm wow, going Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. One. Thanksgiving's been a, a riser for me. I'm still gonna go Christmas first. But I think also because working in this job, you know, typically you have to choose, at least working for a network. Now, football schedule is different, right. but working for networks in my in my past life, you have to choose one or the other, right? Thanksgiving or Christmas. I, I would usually choose Christmas to fly across the country and see my family. So a lot of Thanksgivings I yeah. didn't, I'm just not participating in, right? This year I got to go to the family Thanksgiving, and it does feel like it really sets the mood for the holiday season. Like it's kind of more Christmassy than Christmas, right? Because it's like the start of like you could you could turn on the Christmas music at a certain point. I feel like Darren's gonna judge me for that one, but you no, could. No, it's okay. So I think I'm still gonna go Christmas one. I'll go Thanksgiving two, but you know, check with me next year. We'll see if that rises to the top. And then I'm Halloween. Matt, what's your list? Uh, probably exactly what Darren said, and for the same reasons. Wow! So dis- Halloween's just not it for me. But like, thanks. <laughs> I didn't know that there would be such a three out of four potentially Thanksgiving number one. See, I think part of the reason I feel like for it me usually gets bumped to the it's underrated. With, yeah. with Thanksgiving, you get the gratitude without the pressure of yes. all the stuff yes. that's got to come with yes. it. You know, and and again, there's nothing I enjoy better than going or thinking about what the perfect gift for so-and-so is going to be or that kind of thing. But but then the going and doing it yes. becomes complicated. I always so. think I'm going to, I'm like, this is the year that I'm going right. to get on top of everything early. <laughs> and I'll tell you what I was doing last night on December 20th is my husband and I were frantically ordering stuff off Amazon. So... You know, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Well, everyone, let us know uh, your lists. I, I think we've got some pretty good lists here, but I'd be interested to see if we got any, like, Halloween number one folks. I know a few of them. My best friend from high school is a Halloween all year round kind of gal. Wow. Yeah, she says it all the time, keeps, like, pumpkins out, loves the spooky decorations. Like in July. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like right now. Need to know more about that. <laughs> uh, we'll ask about that next week. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week on the Happy Half Hour Podcast. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.